Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, But First Pivot. I'm Danny, registered dietitian, certified sports dietitian, and CEO of Pivot Nutrition Coaching. I'm here to share my all foods fit approach and real life client success stories to inspire you to pivot away from all the fad diet nonsense and confusion. My goal is to simplify nutrition so you can enjoy foods you love like donuts and pizza and still achieve your health, performance, and body composition goals. Hey everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Last week, one of my clients said, I'm so busy during the week, I think I need to meal prep. How do you go about your meal prep, Danny? So today I'm going to walk you through my four-step meal prep process. Plan, shop, cook, and portion. Now, my process may not work for you, but hopefully you'll have at least one takeaway from this episode. Before I dive in, I want to set the stage. First, I'm cooking for two adults, myself and my husband. It may be a little bit more challenging if kids are in the mix. However, most adults eat lunch without their family members. So if it doesn't make sense for you to meal prep your dinners because you eat as a family, consider meal prepping for your lunch, whether you leave for work or whether you work from home. I work from home now and I still meal prep and divide my meals into individual containers because sometimes I only have 10 to 15 minute breaks between clients, so it is a game changer to have a pre-portioned meal that I can just pop in the microwave and reheat. The second thing is that I don't mind eating the same thing for a few days in a row. Some people hate reheated food or leftovers. One of my closest friends is one of those people. She has to cook a new meal every single night. But that's not really me. Um, I don't mind reheated foods or leftovers unless it's something that's not meant to be reheated, like steak or fish, for example. Usually if we make something like salmon or shrimp, it's a one-and-done kind of situation because I don't love to reheat seafood unless it makes sense to reheat in the air fryer, of course. All right, let's get down to it. Plan, shop, cook, and portion. Step one being plan or planning. Now, one thing I tell my clients all the time is that poor planning leads to poor choices. So plan. Think about it. Anytime we don't make the best food decisions, it's usually because we don't have a plan. We didn't bring food with us. We forgot our food. Or there's just no good food options around us. So this is where planning ahead comes in clutch. Because I'm super busy running my business and coaching clients Monday through Friday, the best time for me to plan and to prep is on the weekend. Typically, I'll make a game plan Saturday morning while I sip on my coffee, and then I'll go to Sam's Club and other grocery stores as needed right after I make my list. I don't love to go grocery shopping in the middle of the day on the weekends because that's when everybody's there, and sometimes that means I'm not going to get what I need, especially places like Sam's Club or Costco. If you're not there before lunch, chances are you're not getting that rotisserie chicken or the strawberries. So my game plan, aka grocery list, is pretty simple and includes two main things. The first 
is the one to two meal prep recipes that we're going to be cooking over the weekend. And second, my always on hand items. If you don't have an always on hand list, I highly recommend making one and keeping it on your fridge or somewhere in your kitchen where you can see it pretty consistently. This list includes your staples, things that you always use. That's why it's called Always On Hand. I wish I had a cooler name for it, but that's the best I could come up with. These items can be your favorite snacks or things that you can use to to throw together a very quick meal. Here are some of the things on my Always On Hand list. Greek yogurt, berries, cottage cheese, cheese sticks, eggs, hummus, Triscuit crackers, microwave rice bags, bananas, oatmeal, peanut butter, tortillas, and shredded cheese. These items I either use daily or weekly. For example, I have oatmeal with banana and peanut butter every morning before I work out. So if there's no oatmeal, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what am I going to have? So that's the always on hand list. The other part of the game plan is choosing one to two meal prep recipes. You can find many of my favorite meal prep recipes on my Instagram at DannyTheRD. But if you need more ideas, here are some of my favorite food blogs or accounts. The Recipe Rebel, Half Baked Harvest, Lily Eats and Tells, Fit Healthy Recipes, Gimme Some Oven, and Damn Delicious. Now, when I'm deciding what one to two recipes to choose, I typically ask myself these four questions or I'll keep these four things in mind. One, what sounds good? In the winter, I make way more comfort type meals like chili and jambalaya, but these don't always sound good in the spring or summer. So right now it's May I'm not feeling chilly right now. That's more of a fall-winter thing for me. Usually, I'll ask my husband what he's in the mood for, and that can be helpful in coming up with the game plan. Last weekend, he said fish tacos, so that's one of the meals we chose to prep. Like I said, I don't love most reheated fish, but walleye is actually really great when it's reheated in the air fryer. So for fish tacos, this is one of those recipes where... I would keep everything separate, but have it prepared. So for example, we would cook the fish and then we would reheat it in the air fryer throughout the week. And we'd make sure that we have the other ingredients for the fish tacos, all prepped, but probably individually on the side. So number one, what sounds good? Two, is it balanced? A balanced meal contains protein, veggies, and carbs. If the recipe you choose is only chicken and rice, for example, don't forget to add a veggie, whether you incorporate it into the meal or you simply have it on the side. In our app that we use with our clients, we have an entire folder of meal prep recipes, and one of the most popular ones is this Southwest Beef and Sweet Potato, and everyone always mentions that they're going to try this recipe. And what I tell them is, don't forget to add a veggie, because I know that this recipe is basically beef, sweet potatoes, and spices. So in these situations where your recipe is just a protein and a carb, don't forget to add a veggie to balance it out. 
So number one, what sounds good? Two, is it balanced? Three, what is the cooking method? This is not an important question if you're only going to make one meal prep recipe. But typically, I will make two on the same day. And because I like to be efficient, I like to make both recipes at the same time if I can. So I try to pick two recipes that don't utilize the same cooking method. For example, one recipe might go in the crock pot while the other is cooking on the stovetop. If both recipes need to go in the oven, I'll have to wait for one to be done before I cook the other, and I don't like that inefficiency. Number four is what's the protein? If I make two recipes with shredded chicken, it's probably going to feel like I'm eating the same thing all week, twice per day, so I try to avoid doing that as much as possible. But let's say the chicken is different in both recipes. Maybe I make a shredded chicken burrito bowl, and then I make a chicken sausage roasted potato roasted veggie recipe. These are very different. We have a burrito bowl, and then we have roasted potatoes and veggies with sliced chicken sausage. So even though the protein is both chicken, they're very different recipes, so I can handle that. So based on these things to think about, right? What sounds good? Is it balanced? What's the cooking method? What's the protein? Let's say that I decide to make a beef and broccoli stir fry. That's going to be made on the stovetop. And then I'll make a sheet pan chicken sausage potatoes and veggies. This is a sheet pan meal, so that's going to go in the oven. So what I can do is I can pop the sheet pan chicken sausage recipe in the oven, and while it's roasting for 20 to 25 minutes, I can make the beef and broccoli stir-fry over the stovetop. So now that I've picked one to two recipes, I'm going to make my grocery list. This will include the always-on-hand items that I need, right? Go back to your list. What are you running low on? Like, what are you going to run out of in the next few days, or what are you already out of? So let's say I'm out of oatmeal and bananas that definitely needs to go on the list. So always on hand, and then the ingredients I need to make, the beef and broccoli stir fry and the sheet pan meal. Once I write all that down, what I do is put an S or an A next to the items on my grocery list. S stands for Sam's Club, and A stands for Aldi's. These are my two grocery store stops 95% of the time. If needed, I'll stop by Hugo's on the way home to get those one to two random things that I can't get at Sam's or Aldi's. For example, yellow onions. At Aldi's or Sam's, you can't just buy one onion. And sometimes that's all I want and that's all I need. So on the way home, I might stop at Hugo's, which is a local grocery store, and I'll get that one onion. Now, I know some people like to divide their grocery list into different sections of the store. For example, produce versus dairy. And that's fine, too. It's whatever works best for you. But I will say that planning is honestly the step that I think requires the most effort. But once you have a solid game plan, the rest is pretty smooth sailing. So that's step one, planning. 
What I do is I pick one to two meal prep recipes. I write down what I need for those two recipes. And then I'll write what I need from my always on hand list. So my grocery list is basically my always on hand items that I'm running low on and the ingredients that I need for those one to two meal prep recipes. Step two is probably the simplest one once you have a list and that's shopping. Once you have your game plan written down, this should not take very long. I'll typically make my list, like I said, on Saturday morning. Then I'll go shopping right after because I'm in the zone. I'm probably back home in less than an hour. Because I have a list of everything I need, it's very, very rare that I will go off script and buy random things. The odd time I've gone shopping without a list, that's when I make random decisions and spend money on things that we don't need. So if your goal is to save money, if you're on a budget, write a grocery list and stick to it. Do not be persuaded by all the random on-sale items that you don't need. Moving on to step three pretty quickly, meal prep or cook. Like I said, I know meal prep can sound intimidating and maybe time-consuming, but it really doesn't have to be. Meal prep also doesn't mean that you have to cook everything ahead of time and combine it all together. Sometimes just batch cooking meat, like ground beef, is a huge time saver. For example, you can make a batch of taco meat ahead of time and use it for burritos or taco salads throughout the week. You can also prep some ingredients the day before to make the meal prep process a little bit more simple. For example, I mentioned the jambalaya earlier. This is one of my favorite recipes to make in the fall and the winter because it's balanced and it's warm and it's delicious. It's just so comforting. But the jambalaya is one of those recipes that can seem really scary because there's quite a bit of ingredients and The best thing I've found with this recipe is to prep the veggies ahead of time. So this recipe requires three large bell peppers, an entire bunch of celery, and an onion. And even though it doesn't take that long to prep these, the recipe is so much easier and chill when these are chopped and prepped ahead of time because then it just becomes a dump and stir recipe. One of the easiest meal prep recipes I give my clients who are new to meal prep is a three-ingredient Mexican chicken. All you need is a crock pot or a slow cooker, four chicken breasts, a jar of salsa, and a packet of taco seasoning. Throw it all together and cook it for six to eight hours on low. Once the chicken is cooked to 165 degrees, you just shred it up and then you can serve this chicken over rice in a tortilla, in a taco shell, or over a bed of lettuce. Since my weekends are way less hectic than my weekdays, I typically meal prep on Saturday or Sunday. What's fun about my kitchen living room situation is that my kitchen island faces the living room and our TV can actually be pulled off the wall and turned. So I watch quite a bit of... Netflix or Hulu while I'm meal prepping. So it kind of feels like I'm just hanging out on 
a weekend watching TV, but I'm being productive at the same time. So that is step three, cooking. Step four, portioning it out. This is where things might get a little bit overwhelming or confusing because I am going to talk about macros and numbers and math. So if you're not tracking macros or actively seeking to change your body composition like lose weight, you can simply divide the recipe into how much food you typically eat or the number of servings the recipe states. So when you look at any recipe online, it'll typically say yields four servings or yields six servings. So if you don't really care about the specifics of the portion, you can just make the recipe, look at the recipe, and if it says this yields four, you just divide that bad boy into four servings or four separate containers. Most recipes on the internet now actually provide nutrition facts if you scroll down far enough. So you can also use this information to assess how much to eat based off of this. So for example, let's say that you find a lasagna recipe and it says yields 12. And at the bottom you scroll down and it says one twelfth or one serving gives you 200 calories. And you're like, well, that's not a lot. I can definitely eat more than 200 calories. So you might eat two servings instead of one based on the nutrition facts provided. Now, keep in mind that the serving size of a recipe means just that. It's one serving of that recipe. You might need to eat more or less than one serving depending on the recipe itself and your goals. Back to the lasagna recipe. Most adults should probably be eating more than 200 calories at a meal. This might be an appropriate portion size for a child, but for an adult, a meal is typically three to 600 calories, sometimes more depending on the individual. Now let's say you are tracking macros. Here we go. Here's my recommendation. Number one, if you're tracking macros, don't eyeball your portions. Humans are not good at eyeballing and we can underestimate or underreport by up to 45%. So if you are tracking macros, the best thing you can do is use a food scale. If you don't have a food scale, I highly recommend one. But the next best thing after a food scale would be to use measuring cups. So number one, do not eyeball your portions if you're tracking macros. Number two, enter the recipe into your tracking app. Our clients use Practice Better, but most people that track probably use MyFitnessPal or a similar app. So what you're going to do, you're going to click on create a recipe or my recipes, and then you're going to plug in each ingredient one by one with the appropriate amount. So how much did you use of that ingredient? If the item has a barcode, scan it to make your life 10 times easier. For the serving size of the recipe, because it's going to ask you for the recipe name or title, and then it's going to ask you 
for the serving size. You can always go back and edit this. So if you're not sure right away, just put a random number or put the number that's on the recipe. So let's say the beef and broccoli says yield four. Just put four for now and you can edit it later. So the beef and broccoli says it yields four servings, type four. And then you're going to assess if the macros are too high or too low based on your goals. So you're going to put the recipe name, you're going to put four, you plug in all the ingredients, and then it's going to populate the calories, protein, fats, and carbs for that recipe if you divide it into four servings. Let's say that your daily calorie goal is 1,700 calories per day. And when you divide the beef and broccoli into four servings, it says 600 calories. In this situation, you might want to see what dividing the recipe by five might give you. Because 600 calories for one meal, when you only have 1,700 in one day, that's pretty high. So this is where you kind of play the game, what if? What if I divide the recipe into five? What if I divide the recipe into six? And then you look at the numbers and you ask yourself, what's a good portion for me based on my goals? And that's what you go with. Now, let's say you decide to divide the beef and broccoli into five servings, not four. So you're going to get five containers out and the easiest way to go about this is to weigh the total recipe. So you're going to take the entire beef and broccoli mixture and you're going to weigh this whole thing out so that you can divide it by five. So how do we do this? So let's say that you have your beef and broccoli recipe in a very large pan on the stovetop. You're going to take your food scale, put it on the counter, then you're going to grab a large bowl, you're going to put it on the food scale, and you're going to click zero or tear. That way the bowl is not a part of the equation. And then you're going to dump or pour the beef and broccoli mixture into this bowl, and that's going to give you the total weight of the recipe itself, so all the cooked ingredients. In a perfect world, it's going to be a really pretty number that you can easily divide. So for the sake of simplicity, let's say that we weigh out the beef and broccoli recipe and the total weight is 100 ounces. I like to set the unit to ounces when doing this because it's easier to divide ounces than grams or pounds. So let's say it's a magical day and the total weighs 100 ounces. We already decided that we're going to divide the beef and broccoli into five servings. So you're now going to divide the recipe into five containers and each container is going to get 20 ounces of the beef and broccoli mixture because 100 divided by five equals 20. Now, that's if you want each container to have the same amount of food, but life is not always perfect. And so here's a different scenario. Let's say that you make, you make the beef and broccoli recipe, but you and your spouse want to eat different portions. One person wants to eat more and one person wants to eat 
less. But you want to put the meal in different containers because you both have different jobs and workplaces and you're going to be taking these with you. So in this situation, we start with the same step. We're going to determine the total weight of the recipe. It's still 100 ounces, but now we're going to use that number as the serving size in your tracking app. So we go back to our recipe and where it says how many servings, instead of five, you're now going to write 100. So now instead of five servings that are 20 ounces, you're going to have 100 one ounce servings. So the serving is 100. Now you can simply scoop out how much you want to eat onto your plate, into your bowl, or your meal prep container. So let's say 20 ounces, you put it in a container and you're like, that's a lot of food, I can't eat that much. Then maybe it's 14 ounces. So by setting your tracking recipe to 100, you can customize it every single day if you want. One day it can be 14, the next day it can be 20. So if you are going to make a big batch of something and maybe your family is going to dig in to this container, this large container of food, but you want to be able to track your own when nobody else is, that's probably the best way to go about it. One of the recipes where I see this a lot is in the winter. A lot of families will make chili and one person is in our program and tracking macros and then the rest of the family still wants to eat chili. Um, so we can't divide this giant container into 15 different containers for different children and adults. So that's when doing it the second way makes more sense. So figuring out the total weight of the recipe so then you can individualize your own portion. Phew, that was a lot, you guys. Now, if you've never meal prepped before, all of this is probably super overwhelming. You might be more confused than before. So here's what I recommend doing to get started if you're a meal prep newbie. Choose one simple recipe that sounds good, that's also balanced. So what sounds good? Does it have protein, carbs, and veggies? If yes, great. Write a grocery list of what you need to make this recipe. Go buy the ingredients. Make the recipe. Divide it into however many servings the recipe says. So let's say you're making the beef and broccoli stir fry. The recipe says it yields four servings. So write a grocery list for the beef and broccoli stir fry. You probably need to go buy some beef and some broccoli. Go buy those ingredients, make the stir fry, divide it into four containers. You don't even have to weigh it out because this is your first time meal prepping. The goal was just to meal prep. And then boom, done. You just meal prep for the first time, my friend. So again, if meal prepping is intimidating, the best thing you can do is choose a very, very, very simple recipe. Some of the recipes 
that we provide our clients or that are on my Instagram are three or four ingredients. Pick one of those. Do not pick a recipe with 25 ingredients if this is your first time. Keep it simple. Choose a simple recipe. Maybe something you can just dump in the crock pot. Love a good crock pot dump recipe. Once it's done cooking, just divide it by the number of servings that the recipe states. It doesn't even have to be a recipe. I know I've been talking about picking meal prep recipes and making meal prep recipes, but really it's just about creating balance and having that as a meal. So if even choosing a recipe or following a recipe sounds overwhelming or intimidating, simply pick a protein, pick a carb, pick a veggie, cook it, and throw it in a container. So in summary, my four-step process to meal prepping is one, planning ahead, right? Poor planning leads to poor choices, so plan. When I go over my planning process, I write down everything I need from my always on hands list. So these are things that if I don't have in my house, things fall apart. And also the ingredients I need for the one to two meal prep recipes that I'll make on the weekend. So that's plan. Second is to shop. Once you have a list, the shopping is pretty smooth and pretty efficient and you should be in and out in no time. The third step is cooking. This is probably the most time consuming of the steps. This is why you can prep things ahead of time. So what some people like to do and sometimes I like to do this, I like to chop everything that needs to be chopped on Saturday, and that makes the cooking process much faster on the Sunday. And again, you don't have to meal prep entire recipes. Sometimes just batch cooking rice or potatoes or beef or crockpot chicken makes a huge difference in your week. And then the last step is to portion things out. This is an optional step. If you want to just cook your food and throw it in the fridge in one big container, great. I personally like to have my meals in individual containers. That way I'm not scooping things out throughout the week or during my eight-minute break between calls. I do recommend the individual portions if you are tracking macros. And if you're not going to put it in separate containers, definitely weigh out the total so that you know what your individual portion is. I hope this was helpful as usual. If you already meal prep, hopefully you have one takeaway from this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the channel and share with one friend who would benefit from this message. Need help with your nutrition? Find me on Instagram at DannyVRD or visit our website, pivotnutritioncoaching.com. Thanks for listening.